Welcome to the Disruptor Series podcast, where we listen to and learn from the people who are disrupting business, culture, and life. Here's your host, Rob Schwartz, CEO of TBWA Shiat Day New York. Well, thank you for tuning in. You are in for a treat today as I sit down with Mr. Ryan Fay, who is the star of the Food Network's latest hit show, The Grill Dads. So, Ryan, welcome to the Disruptor Series podcast. Hey, thanks, man. I uh, thanks for calling me a star. That makes me feel good. I appreciate. I'm, I, you know, it says co-host on my business card, but you know, don't tell Mark. I am the star of the show. I think so. <laughs> I think so. He's like my sidekick. I, I think I saw a star somewhere on the uh, Food Network, uh, you know, website. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> They're hawking you. They're, They're definitely hawking me. So, Grill Dad, so why don't you just tell, uh, for the folks at home who haven't watched the show, sure. I mean, it, you know, it's not you like- You mean there are people that haven't watched it? Yeah, I was going to say, it's That's... not like, you know, the last episode of Cheers, but- right. uh fair. But but give us the premise of, uh, sure. of, of the show. Well, I mean, let me back up two seconds real, real quick as well, but, you know, was, the Grill Dads is a result of Mark and I winning a reality show called Guy's Big Project. So it was kind of like Project Greenlight for your own food show. Hmm. And so you go through like a culinary combine. You learn how to talk to chefs. You learn how to, to sample food. You learn what's called the bite, which is, you know, how to actually make people that can't touch it, smell it, or taste it want to eat it or make it Amazing. or experience it. So it's like it's a really interesting study in sales. And, like, you know, if you can do that, you know, a brand to me is two things, either useful or entertaining. And if you can do both of those things, it's kind of like, you know, the mystical formula that you want. So we, we actually ended up winning – Guys Big Project. Mm. And typically what they do is they give you a chance to have a pilot. And they say, well, we're going to film this little pilot. We're going to send it to the Food Network. And hopefully you guys will get picked up to do one episode of a, of a and this show. And this is Guy Fieri. This is Guy Fieri. Fieri. Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah, no, it's, it's a real thing. That's guy. Yeah, so you guys all know Guy from Triple yeah. D, right? He's been doing it forever. I, I knew him as Fieri, but now, now, now I will you know, know him as Fieri. 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 Guy Fieri. Yeah. So yeah, it's his. It was his show, his idea, and he kind of wanted to be a mentor and give back to other people that haven't had a chance. But Grill Dads is our concept. You are the concept. So we, so tell us about yeah. the concept. So the concept of the Grill Dads is really simple. It's Mark and I have been, who have been friends for over twenty years. It's like the ultimate dad adventure. It's like if you could go on the road for a month and just eat your way through America mm. and find the coolest, best, most interesting and outrageous food, you do that. The difference with Mark and I from a lot of other shows is. We've known each other so long that we just drive each other insane. And it's uh, it's two best friends bantering and kind of eating their way through uh, the U.S. And we, we got 10 episodes of our own show, uh, which was crazy. And we filmed it in like four weeks. And it was amazing. Yeah. So it's a, so it's a food journey yeah. show. Which it's a travel is, which show. Is, which exactly. is really nice. Yeah. You, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, yeah. you get to... You know, ride shotgun with these guys, yeah. and I think you're um, you're kind of a Felix and Oscar <laughs> approach because he's mother's brothers. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's sort of um, he's got some food credibility, absolutely. And you've got what? <laughs> I, I just have eye candy. I just you know, it's funny I'm doing this right now because I was just saying earlier I have a face for radio, so I'm probably better at this than the other stuff. But look, I mean, we have roles. I typically play the. Uh, you know, the dumb guy, the funny guy, the the, the goof, and, and Mark has his deadpan looks at me and is just like, really, man? But what's interesting is you all know people just like that. Oh, or yeah. you have friends exactly like that. Like, oh, yeah. You can't go anywhere without them being like, hey, man, you know, turning to you and giving you the nods and the and the looks. And honestly, M- Mark's wife, Sarah, actually said it best. She's like, you guys have been doing this for so long, they just decided to have cameras show up. 
And it's actually really true. We're not acting. It's just we're having a blast and doing. We're not taking it so seriously. I mean, there are a lot of really awesome chefs. If you want to learn mm. from really awesome chefs, I mean, they're all over the place and they're serious. Chefs are serious. Oh yeah. Well, we aren't chefs, so. <laughs> we... But I think, the, but I think what you know, what you say is that there's something about the authenticity of your relationship. That when you watch the show, it doesn't feel scripted. It doesn't yep. feel... That's awesome. Thank you. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I mean, no, I'm mean, making it... That's kind of the cool point is like what you just said is the best word I use is relatable. Because, hmm. you, you know, it's hard. When you watch someone on TV, you have aspirations to like want to get into their head and be them maybe, et cetera. But you'll never, ever maybe get to meet that person You're not in their situation. Mark and I are actually those two guys. We're the same guys that we've been since I worked at Shiat all the way through Omelette. You know, I mean... Same guy you've known for 20 years. Yeah. And um, no, really no different. But I think that what happens in reality TV, it's, it's this kind of sensationalistic version of the world. Mm -hmm. It's hyper real. We're as real as it gets. And that's kind of like this foundation, kind of this, this thing that keeps us really level and humble. And we're not trying to be better than anybody else. We're trying to bridge the gap between people and food and have a little fun in between. Right. You know. And then did you have this show in mind like i seem to recall you were making something yeah. on youtube i think i remember mentioning that to you before well you know mark and i as our careers went on we um you know working hard at omelet and you know the the higher you get the less creative you're able to be and by the way so so omelet was the agency you founded maybe just give us Correct. a quick yeah. little segue so, into what omelet is yeah omelet was a you know agency actually uh, uh you know spent five years working at shia uh where i met rob and you know, I was uh, as a head of PR for the for the agency uh, in North America, and then I left to start my own agency um, to kind of explore some different passions that I had, specifically in some entertainment and branded content stuff. And Alma was around, you know, started 13 years ago. Uh, three people started it. Um, you know, I think it's height. It grew to 120, 130 people. Um, it's doing really well. It's a great shop. It's a fun place to work. It's in Culver City. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I've done it for 13 years, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I really felt like it was time to creatively kind of look and do something else mm. um, and, and take a little bit of a break because, you know, independent shops, you're working all the time. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I have an eight-year-old daughter, so it's another thing. Spend a little time with Zoe and, and hang out and kind of figure out what my next move would be serendipitously at the same time this thing came up. So, and, yeah, so again, we'll, we'll get more into your journey, but when you started this kind of journey into content I, you've yeah. always been a fan of content yeah always and we'll, we'll get into that later but for this specific i don't know culinary bent to your interest <laughs> well, the shop was called omelet isn't it funny? <laughs> it's like it's like it's never left me i mean i'm not small so i enjoy eating you know um it's definitely been a thing that coming from the midwest you know i'm from ohio foods eh. You know, it's like you have meatloaf one day, maybe some cheesy potato soup the other. You know. By the way, the food's better in Michigan. Just. Yeah. <laughs> do we have to go? Do we really need to go there right now? Stupid team up north. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think you know, I didn't have exposure mm -hmm. right growing up to different cuisines and different foods. And when I went here to New York, when I first came here. My mind was blown. I was like, "Holy shit!" There's so much other. You were like, things. "Wow!" Were, like, wow! There's tomato sauce isn't ketchup. Yeah, it's not out of a can. <laughs> Who knew? You know. Uh, so that actually kind of exploded my mind. It made me start cooking a lot. Um, I started getting kind of really good about mixing and doing fusion mm. flavors. Met Mark. We started cooking together a bunch. I've done a bunch of restaurant takeovers. I mean, so I think that to your point, to get back to your question, is. The culinary strand has been in my DNA mm. for a very long time. It's also the coolest way to meet people. Mm. Think about PR persons. Like, my job is to talk and sell you something. 
sell Rob Schwartz to you to make sure you put him on the cover of this or get him to be an analyst over here. And a lot of times it's over dinner. Mm-hmm. Or drinks, you know, or both. Was, it, which, was, I, was I a tough sell for you? You were, uh, you were an interesting sell. You know, I had I'm to. Kidding. You know, I, uh, never mind. <laughs> sorry, we're gonna keep going. No, you were, you were an easy sell, bro. You're an easy. So, uh, thank you very much. Yes. I needed that. Um, so you, you, you made something right on before yeah. before Guy Fieri uh, <laughs> found you. Yeah, we we did a Kickstarter campaign. So we basically like, uh, you know, had had some friends of ours that own a production company. We wanted to find uh, authentic California barbecue and actually mm. make it a thing. Because if you go to California, you're not like, oh, I want California-style barbecue. That doesn't exist. We actually think it does. Mm. It was called, uh, you know, Santa Maria Tri-Tip is a very specific thing in California. So we wanted to actually introduce people to, there's Delta, you know, there's Kansas City barbecue, right. there's Texas-style. There actually is California-style barbecue. So actually a disruptive idea. Yeah, it kind in, of was an experiment. Like, in the world of barbecue. Yeah, I wanted to, it's discovery. Just like mm. disruption, you you kind yep. of look at things, you bend them a little bit, and you discover what the new DNA is potentially, and then you kind of build off of that, like mm. you would do with any great brief or sure. creative piece or whatever it might be. We just did that with food. Mm. Um, so the search for California barbecue became our passion. We had it online for a couple of days and raised some money and uh, to go out and film uh, an episode just for our own, honestly, for our own, our own creative fun. Right, right. And uh, we actually ended up getting in touch with uh, Mark Summers. Mm. Who was the host of Double Dare and then right, did a bunch right. of other stuff? And he called us up and said, "This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Who, who are you guys? Where are your restaurants? You know, you use caterers. You know, yeah. like we're ad guys." <laughs> so like, he's like, "Huh?" Well, we said, "Well, you know, part of the the draw for us was that we can understand the ecosystem of marketing and how to be behind and in front at the same time of the camera, That's which amazing. is a bit different." So, flew us up to Santa Rosa, met Guy Fieri, said, "I, you know, I want you guys to consider going on this." Uh, this reality show, and uh, I'll submit your tape for audition. And uh, we ended up getting on there, and we were the two kind of comedic guys that had no formal training, hmm. uh, and went through all these things on the show, and ended up winning the thing. Although Mark seems to be a guy that is very comfortable with, oh, you, so you put that uh, salt Mark, in there to caramelize yeah, it. exactly. Mark is one hell of a chef. Uh, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's a great... Great culinary partner. I mean, I have to say, I know on the, the show I play a lot of the like, hey, what's that? You know, it's a train. No, it's a smoker. I I know my way around the kitchen. <laughs> I can cook uh, cook really well as well. Uh, but yeah, Mark it, Mark's t- more technical than I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a dash of that, a pinch of this, a punch of this. You right, know? right. And Mark's like, no, let's let's get it right, Faye. So so the, so the show's very funny. Uh, and again, <laughs> a couple of things that I noticed that that were great was, was first off is that. You know, because I'm a diabetic, it was all basically a fantasy show for me. Right. There's, there's really not a lot of... No, um, I did it on purpose. For <laughs> just again. I loved... Uh, I, so, so as you said in the premise, it's, it's a traveling show. So mm-hmm. you go around to these very interesting uh, places like Bacon Bacon. I mean, the first show. Very first. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. I mean, and that's gr- what a great example. Guy was not a trained chef. Hmm. Had a food truck. Had a baby at home. Didn't want to kind of have to do that whole racket. And came up with what was his concept, which he's like, I, I literally just, I love bacon. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> and uh, he's a pretty amazing guy, and he kind of worked on recipes and yeah. did it. He's a home cook and uh, ended up crushing it. And, I mean, honestly, it's the gateway meat. I mean, right. who, who doesn't like bacon? I mean, if you're a vegetarian every now and then, mm-hmm. you're going to sneak some bacon. <laughs> Bacon, I like that. Bacon is the gateway. It's it is. Ba- it's basically meat with training wheels. It, it is, exactly. Yeah, and if you, you can ramp up real fast, and then you get the whole pig after that. You're like, pork belly? Yes, please. <laughs> and then, uh, so again, even in that Bacon Bacon episode, I thought it was, uh, 
you know, shot really well. There's the the, the production so, value. Oh, I love that. Thank is you. Great. So we had some inspiration from Edgar Wright, uh, Guy Ritchie, some of the other. Like we looked at cinematic actually. Oh, interesting. Uh, kind of uh, techniques to start looking at the show. I had to had to do a, a food show a bit differently. Um, and it was really because Mark and I had some creative input mm. uh, on kind of how we wanted it. We wanted it to be paced in a way that was almost like a, a ride. Like you, mm. you go on, a, on this ride, this culinary ride, you get some jokes. It's like, you know, you stand at line at a, at a ride in an amusement park and there's always some stimuli before you get on the ride. Mm-hmm. And then you get on the ride and you do it and then you come out and you're in the gift shop. All right, it's kind of like our idea right there was like, let's, let's actually make an experience out of this for someone who's sitting on their couch. Versus just a, a lean back, we and and that kind of narrative framework, like was that something that they were used to at the Food Network, no. or they were like, huh, what? Well, I, I mean, I think like anything, you know, there's a, especially with guys that, are, that don't know enough, but they become kind of uh, naive, I guess, to the fact that we would ask questions and be like, well, why can't we mm-hmm. shoot like this, do it like that? Uh, we had an amazing showrunner, uh, Bradley Warden, who's who's a great guy. He's worked a lot on food on food shows and done some other. He's done some movies as well mm. and some tv shows and he was the one he's like you know i think it'd be really cool to speed ramp this here and do this kind of thing mm. here so you know season one of our show the pacing is a bit different um we've heard that you know people take a breath after the show's over uh <laughs> you know so i think but you're still getting knowledge mm-hmm. you know you're still it's all about the food we're on yeah. the food network it's all about Food. But what I also think is, is interesting and fun is that uh, memes are almost built in. Like when you guys cut to the dad joke, right? So this is part of the, it's part of the, the form. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny to think about it in a marketing context, especially, you know, speaking to you, but you, you're getting all the tricks that, you know, I think it's kind of invisible to a lot of people. But, you know, the dad jokes is a reoccurring thing that we, we and Mark says it best. He's like, it's either going to work really well. Or people are going to throw their remote at the TV. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a thing that dad jokes is a, has a very interesting connotation to it. It's always harmless. It's always just something that you're like, your kids would roll their eyes and be and that's exactly what Zoe does. It's exactly right. what Arthur does. Just like, oh, really, dad? You know, you want to embarrass your kids a little bit. It's kind of the fun part of it. And and uh, it typically, I was the butt of a lot of those. So <laughs> I would do a lot of those puns. You know, I actually get to use puns for the first time in advertising. You know, it's like, don't use a pun. You know, they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. Yeah. And then, what, again, going back to the authenticity, I, I just had this question. I mean, did you ever bite into something throughout this the season where you didn't feel like it was the most amazing thing ever? Because you do a great job of, and you know, some things. You know, how could it not be amazing? Well, certain things. I mean, look, there there are certain things that my palate receivers, I think gravitate toward more than most but you know there were some really interesting bites i've never had before like the duck burrito i wasn't sure that was gonna go Epic. down well really okay Epic. interesting well the, the way the guy did it i mean you put anything in a bunch of oil and a bunch of fat and you know come feed it for a long time i mean it's just one of those things where like look at the process the way the food's made i mean we had some bites of food that i've actually never had before so we were you know snake river grill we had this pork shank it was uh done in duck fat uh, confit and then f- deep fried in duck fat mm. and put this crisp shell on it and then it was parsnip mashed potatoes and this green chili salsa that went, went on it with a green apple and some fried uh, rosemary and you're just like you take a bite of it and you actually get angry because you'll know you'll never be able to make something that good you're just like that's it I'm good now by, by the way so if uh, bacon is the gateway meat <laughs> what what is duck fat duck fat is the gateway I think prep thing to making 
don't know how you explain it. It's the prep fat. Yeah, you got to it's look like, on that one. Yeah, I have to think about what the, the, the duck fat is. Duck fat is liquid gold. I mean, it's it's like $4,000 for seven ounces. But, you know, it's like wow. imagine getting like, not really, but I don't know. It's an astronomical amount of money. But, you know, you, you take get enough of that stuff and <laughs> submerge meat in it and cook it low and slow. Gosh. By the way, the the other uh, I thought uh, super inventive um, dish that you guys tried was the burger that was actually wrapped in a grilled cheese sandwich. The cheeses, yes, yes. The we cheeses. we all were converted that day into the congregation of the cheeses. It was uh, that was incredible. That little place, uh, the grilled cheese grill, Portland, Oregon. Um, she uh, the the chef that was there, um, she was just so inventive with things you would you would eat every day. Hmm. You know, who thought to make buns out of <laughs> grilled cheese sandwiches and a great flat top, you know, nice crust on the burger. It was amazing. It was really cool. And, you know, and we did some tricks like up on a table and, you know, Mark wrote some lines that were really funny. Uh, I got to tell you, though, the jalapeno popper grilled cheese sandwich, mm. that's one of the best things I had on the whole trip. Wow. It was absolutely amazing. Um, really inventive and so simple. Whoever would have thought to put tortilla chips crunched into the the sandwich itself to get that kind of jalapeno popper crunch you would mm. get from a fried jalapeno popper. I that, think they, they think it's awesome. They got like a, you know Rand corporations for food these days. You know, so yep. <laughs> they got a couple, couple, a couple of smart uh, Stanford kids working. Yeah, on man, it's really good. So. so what I wanted to also ask you, and you hinted about this a little bit, is what's the difference between the world of television mm. and you being the product and the show being the product and our world in advertising? Like, where did you see things that were wow? I can't believe these guys. Don't get it, and where do you see? Wow, these guys really do get it. Well, it's interesting as talent. There, I've never had so many people work toward the success of that. Hmm. I, I guess maybe I took it for granted. Um, how many people? It's like, yeah, you have this job to do, you have that job to do. Um, client approval is like a whole nother have a whole nother appreciation for that now, and how difficult it is with all the triggers that have to be pulled and. Oh, wow, it was it's just such a different spot. Now we're we are always trying to put on our marketing hat and look at the long tail of what we were doing and supplemental information and supplemental creative and all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, I had one job. Uh, my job was to entertain people and mm. inform them about really different cool food. Um, and the hardest thing you have to do is actually describe to people the food. Right. That's that's why Guy makes it look so easy. Mm. It is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. I mean, imagine. It's like you can't use the word delicious. You can't use – like you can't use throwaway words really. Mm. you got to talk about texture and you've got to talk about the bites and you've got to yeah. talk about the way the fat and the collagen works and all of the stuff. And your culinary expertise, it's it's like an MBA program. Man. Yeah. You're just crushing through it. Um, but I think I have such respect now for – the final product and the edit. The edit was the big one. Mm. Like, I'm not, I'm not an editor. We give notes, right? You right, know, like, right. Oh, that doesn't, you know, that that scene doesn't work. Let's jump over here. Let's move this. But when you're the guy that's delivering the information and like, no, 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 why'd you take out? That was a great joke. Like, that worked. And they're like, no, that doesn't make sense for the narrative over here. Wow. I mean, I have to hand it to the editors, man, of the, of the world. It's an amazing thing I have such respect for now. Yeah. I didn't know as much before. All right. And then um, what what do you think that your your Madison Avenue background, mm -hmm. you know, being being, you know, working at good agencies, building agencies, how do you think this is helping the show? Well, I think that 
part of the thing that we bring to the table, and you know, Mark was in a similar you know situation. He worked at Alma for a long time. He was a tour manager uh, in the music business for a long time as well. Um, we bring a level of question to all of it that mm-hmm. talent typically doesn't. You know, I think they, you know, you're told to do this, and you go and you do your one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we would be so um, eager to learn the process. Um, and the background that I got from you know learning under you and another bunch of people was to ask questions. Mm. Uh, and to strive for for a different look, different mm. take, different thing, and I, we can always do better. I mean, you, <laughs> Shai has ground that into me from day one, you know, and then moving into omelet, trying to carry that flag as well. Um, for we so we have long. a T-shirt to live up to. You know? Yeah, it's, good enough it, isn't good enough. Exactly. So. There's a pirate symbol there, you know, and but I but I think it's funny, you know, we, it's it's something that you really d- you can only get from going through it, and mm. and you have to learn it, and that's something that we learned to do was just to keep. Keep up, keep the pressure, try your best, um, and don't get too precious. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the other thing. You can't get too precious with it. Right. And uh, especially, like, in the world of client service, clients are smart, man. They, you, they have to be able to contribute as well, mm-hmm. you know, with you. And don't take it so personally. It's like just together find a cool solution to do stuff. Yeah. I, I definitely learned that from, from Madison yeah. Avenue. Yeah, good. Interesting. Yeah. So I want to go back to the big disruption, which this was a disruption of your career. <laughs> So if you, uh, you know, on the one hand, you've got, uh, you know, kind of an interesting trajectory. You started, you know, uh, you know, entry level person. You moved yeah. up the food chain in one agency. You jumped ship, started an agency, <laughs> grew that thing into, like you said, 120 people. And then something happened. So what help people understand, like, this moment of disruption of your career? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think as you go through your career and you start to evaluate your own abilities and to look for your own creative outlets, you have to always consistently look for what makes you feel and what makes you want to be better and to do stuff. And you know, what's really cool, I mean, I speak humbly about this too, is if you're good at your job, you hire people that are a lot better than you Mm -hmm. are. And then you start to look at that and be like, wow, (laughs) they're just so good. You know, it's like, and your job is to, to kind of, you know, put some guardrails uh, be there for advice and those types of things. But, uh, you know, there's that hunger and that wolf inside mm. of you that still wants to work mm-hmm. and wants to create. But when you get to a certain level, it's, it becomes intrusive, I think. And it it's true. And you kind of have to let go of that part mm-hmm. of it. Well, I'm a 42-year-old creative still, and I still have this burning desire to build stuff and make stuff and do stuff. And part of the way I could do that was with my own face, apparently. So, <laughs> and uh, which, you know... Unfortunately, for some people, it's not good to look at. But hopefully, you know, I, it was a big social experiment for Mark and I. How do you reinvent yourself at, mm. you know, 42 years old mm. into a career that you kind of you've never really been in, but you can give a nod to what you've learned um, in your previous career? And uh, but yeah. before you go, I think something you said is really profound, which is the as you as you described the wolf inside you still wants to do stuff. Yeah. But I think it was very smart about your decision was. You didn't want to do it at the expense of others of this team. Yeah, and I think I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They're like, "Oh no, I'm st- I, I still have value. I can still do it. I, let, just let me in here," which winds up kind of messing with the balance it it. of this. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have this theory, and you'll appreciate this. It's a Beatles theory. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and and you walk through all four Beatles. First, you're going to be John. Yeah, sure. You're gonna you know you're gonna light up the world. You know, 
Then uh, you're going to be Paul. Yeah, I'm going to lay out the world, but maybe people will like me. Sure. Right? And then you become George. You're like, you know what? F these guys. I can do it myself. So and then you you're Ringo away. and you still hold on. The, exactly. Then yeah. you become Ringo <laughs> and you're like, you know, I just want to hang out with the band. Yeah. But you had a moment that's post-Ringo, which I think is Brian Epstein. Yeah. The manager of the Beatles, which yeah, is basically sure. you're like, hey, I got this band running here, but now I'm going to go try and build something else. No, I, that's a really interesting analogy, too, and I, I appreciate that. I mean, being compared in any respect to anyone in music as cool as the Beatles, but I love the idea that the only way you can reinvent yourself is if you actually are humble and you take a look at everything around you, and you have to just be cool with the idea that I need to now... I have to remove myself. I can't remove you. Yeah. I can't remove the agency structure or the clients. I don't need to build a new division. Right. I don't need to go and try and win this thing for my own ego and because I'm, I'm not creatively fulfilled. I'm going to put it on myself now, and instead of hurting anyone in the shop in terms of their output, I'm going to gracefully exit, and I'm going to go work my brains out and become that wolf I used to be. I mean, and, and you know, wolf's, I guess, negative in some connotations, but it just – you have a burning desire to keep creating. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you want that flame to just get higher and higher without hurting anyone. Right. And, and I, I built a career on trying to do right. that, you know? And I think what's also interesting about this disruption for you is that you choose to uh, recreate in a new field. Yeah. You pick up a new brush. Yeah. You know, if you were, you know, painting with omelet, you went into yeah. sculpture with this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... What was great about college, I always, I always say this, I and mean, I do a lot of speaking to a lot of, obviously, younger people and stuff like that, and what's amazing about college is you go to astronomy at 8.30 in the morning, you head over to women's studies, then you go to biology, uh, then, you know, if you're like me, you have to take statistics at the very beginning because you couldn't test out of it, and then you go <laughs> to bowling after that, right, and then you go have a drink, and then you study for your, you know, whatever test. Mm -hmm. and it's just every day. <laughs> You have all these cool things. But then at the end of it, they're like, no, 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 you can't do all that stuff. Pick one. Mm. And you got to go do that. Well, I kind of like went through and I picked my thing. And then I was like, hey, you know, it'd be really cool to not do that exact thing right now. Um, but use the art and the craft that I've learned mm. and the discipline of, of, of advertising and marketing and go try and build uh, a brand. It just happens to be me <laughs> and Mark. And we have our girl dad's persona. You know, and I, I've been doing some consulting with some other people, and mm -hmm. I have to say, this exercise has made me um, more aware of the decision-making process mm. on the sides, and uh, I think it's actually helping me in marketing now. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm not so far removed, you know, that I, I right. still enjoy it. I do. I still like to work, and I still want to work. So in that capacity, I just happen to have this other experiment. <laughs> so, so, so Grill Dads, uh, it's like, let's talk about it as what it is. It's a brand. Yeah, that I mean, in all for all intents and purposes, we are we have been afforded the ability to create a brand out of thin air uh, with a distribution channel. Yeah. Who, by, the, by the way, who like did your logo and stuff? You got your funny, you know. So uh, that was our creative idea, hmm. which is uh, kudos to you know the Food Network is a is a pretty amazing uh, organization because they truly do respect the people that work hard. And they want to give creative control mm. and some input. You know, they're decision makers at the end of the day, but they're very uh, human, mm. which I think is a really interesting kind of thing in that world. Because yeah. my perception of it was the opposite of that. Right. But, you know, when you meet the people, they're just lo they're lovely people and they want you to succeed um, and they want you to feel good. And if you feel good, you're going to make a better product. It's kind of a simple equation, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, we worked with um, uh, an, an outside company. 
and develop the our, our kind of brand and thoughts and and, <laughs> and ID you know around that and you know the grill dads is very personal to Mark and I mm-hmm. and so why not put our stupid beard silhouettes on there and uh, and do that my beard has become my bit of my persona I guess when you lose your hair and <laughs> you're, you're getting older and your salt and pepper beard shows up you know uh, it's become a thing yeah, uh, yeah. for me but listen it'll work for Klaus so I don't it, think you should... <laughs> well, Lee of course yeah so and what, so what's going to come next you're going to make a cookbook you're going to do lunch boxes what's, <laughs> what are you going to do with the brand lunch man I wish you could make wouldn't it be great to make those old retro lunch boxes with the exactly. thermos in it it's such a good idea can I have that one yeah of course thanks man that's a free one I'm, uh, a, I'm an advertising professional perfect so. yeah you're good well, I'll tell you, uh, it's right now is the the big question. It's this mm. is the time. You know, Mark and I are working very hard. We are listening to everything that's going on uh, with the Food Network. You know, we're hoping to get a season two mm-hmm. um, of our show, and and whether it's exactly the same or a different iteration. But we also are we're not stopping. You know, like I said, we did the Today Show yesterday mm. uh, live, uh, just bringing our kind of dad humor and and cooking skills to the plaza and. We did the Wendy Williams show today, um, and we're doing some Facebook Live stuff for, for uh, uh, Food Network tomorrow. Um, so, you know, Mark and I are just exploring every avenue of, of potential for us, and our partners are, are Guy and Facebook, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and uh, Food Network. And so we're, we're really just open for business and exploring it. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, he runs a business, and, uh, you know, I'm also, um, you know, working in some capacity in the same field that I was in previously and looking for other stuff, but... I think that's what's cool, man, is if you get to a certain spot, you you can take a step back and let the universe kind of help you mm-hmm. start to define and almost let go of the control a little bit. Right, right. It's probably the hardest thing to do because, you know, money's involved and everything else. But I think it's a really freeing aspect of it. It makes me better. Yeah. It made me better. Hmm. Now, I listen, I've, I've known you a long time and we've worked together uh, you know, closely. So you were, you know... I would say one of the pioneers uh, of thought in terms of agencies creating content. Mm. I mean, I, I can go back to, I don't know, the early 2000s with Thank you. Like, you, you know, Schwartzman, we're going to make a TV show. You know, Schwartzman, we're going to make a TV show. Let's do a TV show. <laughs> I know. I was a little <laughs> hell-bent on that one, wasn't I? <laughs> you, you, you were. And, and I guess uh, what I've been, I've been sitting here listening to you thinking, could you have done this 10 years ago? What... What has changed in the world of social media, do you think, or not? Do you think it could have been done 10 years ago? You know, has... Yeah, I mean, I have two answers for you. Um, the first one is, as you know, a good idea is a good idea, period. Now, there aren't always outlets to experience that good idea. I think it's a little bit easier. Social is really interesting, though, because it hurts as much as it helps. Um, I think it's how you do it organically versus just buying stuff. I, I think that there are a couple, especially for us, if we're authentic, we need to be authentic. And Mark and I have worked very hard to organically build our, you know, kind of social presence and footprint. But, man, you know, when you and I were talking about doing a big piece of branded content for Shia years ago uh, that happened to be a TV show, you know, concept, I don't know if that would have made sense back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you right now, if you and I to sit down and be like, can we do this right now? Not only would people get it, they would probably help fund it pretty quickly. Yeah. And but it's just it is absolutely a different a different mm-hmm. time, different era. People are more receptive. We don't have to hit people on the head with like, branded content is a given now. It's not even a mm-hmm. it's not even that you have to talk about it. It just tell the story in a distribution outlet that people watch that becomes branded content. And then to build off that, so like do the Kingsford folks want to talk to you suddenly? You know, does you know the Weber people like want to do a Grill Dad's edition? 
smoker. I mean, you starting to yeah. There's some interest uh, f- proactively, actually, unsolicited to us. Um, the other thing is, is as you always know, it's, it's as good. Product placement's one thing, and endorsement is another thing, and then organic co-development is something completely different. Right. I'm really interested in that. And, and you feel that that the organic co-development is the best of that. I feel like it. It would take a very smart and ambitious group of people um, to do that. I'm not saying that it would be the, the, the first of its kind to do that, but with talent, it is a little different. Um, for Mark and I to be considered actors, but then can also say, well, what is the unifying principle in your brief? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can have direct conversations with brands versus all the middlemen in the middle yeah, of yeah, having yeah. that. And it's a lot like what we were talking about years ago. Like, how do you transcend that or get over there faster you know i think the one of the biggest problems with creating content is the amount of time it takes mm. it's not because it takes time to shoot all the time or to even edit right it's the damn approval processes and it's getting stuff past lawyers and it's all of this business however i mean it's not saying it's not valid but cut out a few of the layers and take some risks because we now can test it so if you're a b testing beautiful piece of organic content that's been co-developed we have the means to be able to say, no, it should go here versus here. And I love that. Data is only as good as you use it. Yep. Let's extract the data. And then smart people sit in a room and be like, oh, that's what it says. Yeah. And yeah. then go there. But uh, I think it's it's different. It's a different time. It's fun. I just think in the world of barbecue, you know, you guys are becoming more and more of a force. And I think if I'm a brand, I would look at you guys and I'd be like, yeah, we should maybe co-develop. Or if I'm Arby's, maybe we could do a special Signature sandwich or something. Well, and I think also, thank you. And I think what also is interesting is the Grill Dads is where we met, and that's our backgrounds. What we are experiencing is, is we want people to look through our lens uh, and experience the world that isn't just grilling. Mm-hmm. And that's another cool part of it. It's like we're telling people that you can take the grill and use it as a heat source and make anything on it, anything, which is that's just one aspect of it. The other thing is, it's just our love of backyard food. It's a metaphor for the fact that we can now go out and search and just find stuff that we want people to know about. Mm. If you're driving through this town, you got to go over and check this out because look how they just made this thing. You so know? suddenly a line extension to the brand is uh, knowledge and access. Yeah. You're suddenly a, a Zagats or a... <laughs> well, I mean, we have been given the ability to be the bridge for that, you know, mm. which is interesting. And, you know, if we're... Guy's done it the best. I mean, if you look at what he's done, people will take full vacations to find Triple D places yeah, to yeah. eat. I mean, they will script out vacations, and he's a genius at that stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it when I first met the guy. I was just like, he was teaching us how to explain the food and, you know, warm up the chef and talk to them and all this. And He makes it look so easy. And oh, then yeah. you go try and do it with cameras in your face? Good luck. <laughs> no, no, he's, he, he's incredible. And I think, uh, you know, like a lot of good talent, when they get smart, they make their mark, then they grow others. I, I look at the music business. I mean, the guy, he, you know, he reminds me of Quincy Jones. You know, yeah. and, and you guys yeah. are, you know, his oh, Smokey Robinson. Well, <laughs> that's amazing. He'll love that reference, by the way. Um no, I mean, it's that that's what's really cool about what he was able to give to us and the Food Network executives to be like, you know what? We're going to go with that. We're mm-hmm. going to let these guys explore and breathe. And we got to make the show we wanted to make. And it's v- very rare, I think, that that happens, you know. Yeah. Casting agents will find people and they thrust them into this stuff. And sorry, this is the script. You say that, you know. And, right. Um, that was that was a really neat experience to be able to do that. And and but you're right. I mean, we're the we're the newbies and. You know, we're 
we're bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready to rock and roll. And but you're bright eyed and bushy bearded. We're bushy bearded. Yes, very good. Uh, but we're also not spring chickens. Yeah. You know, we have responsibility. We're, we're responsible guys. We're actually responsible talent. So, you know, we want to we want to be able to give um, our lens to other, to people in the world and have a just have an awesome good time doing it and not take everything so seriously, especially in the world we're in today. Oh yeah, it's like. Well, listen. I mean, you've been compared to the Beatles on this show. I, I seriously don't know what Smokey to say. Robinson. Smokey Robinson. I mean, come on. So, wow. Give someone one piece of advice. So sure. you're a guy who has again disrupted his career. Yeah. Uh, and found something you know equally as fruitful, maybe even more so. Like, what what should someone do if maybe they have a little bit of an inkling to the way you were feeling at Omelet? Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago, you're just kind of like, mm, I don't know, I got an itch to scratch. Yeah. What should they do? Uh, I think get scared again. Hmm. I mean, if that's a piece of advice I have, we get real complacent and real comfy and real easy. And then we start to complain about really kind of not trivial things like oh, I need this raise, I need this promotion, this and what you're doing is within the walls, you're 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 fighting kind of this thing, this structure. Mm. Take yourself out the structure and know what it is to be uh blissfully scared. Yeah. Um and it's 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 not for everyone, I will say that. You know, you've got to you have to have a stomach for risk. Um but as an entrepreneur, I got my ass kicked up and down for <laughs> for years and years and years and you know, uh and taking those lumps and not blaming anybody but me. Right. Uh, I'll take all the responsibility um, and none of the glory. But I think I think getting uncomfortable. Mm. You know, I mean, the metaphor for omelet was always, you know, to make a beautiful omelet. It's messy. You got to mm-hmm. break eggs, man. Stems right from some, you know, thoughts I had working at Shiat Day. I mean, with you, man. I mean, I've that disruptor kind of ID or kind of DNA uh, has been in my blood since I started my career. Yeah. I, my my parents would say. I was a pain in the ass from the beginning. So I think, though, if you're introspective and you can get a little scared and a little uncomfortable and you're okay with that, then uh, opportunities actually look different. Mm. And it looks a lot like hard work. <laughs> However, but it things look different. The briefs come, and they're a little bit different uh, uh, for you. So um, I think it's good. You get really clear mm-hmm. when you have a little bit of uh, good anxiety. I don't know how to explain why. What is good anxiety? I don't even know what that is. But well, you know what I'm saying. We get it. <laughs> Listen, a little bit scared. That that's exactly how I felt when you ate that jalapeno popper thing. A little so. bit scared, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you should, should see me two hours later. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> All right, Senor. We're gonna we're gonna leave it there. Thank you so much Thanks, uh, for being here. I think. Uh, you know, you're doing amazing stuff, and uh, I think you're a real inspiration to people. So, uh, well, vice versa. Keep it rolling. It's cool to be able to hang out after uh, we don't get to see each other all the time now, but it's awesome, man. All right, mad brother. respect. So. Back at you. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. You've been listening to the Disruptor Series podcast, brought to you by TBWA Shy Day New York. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashyatny.tumblr.com.